um, because you're getting a lot of years of experience on this stage. And so I want you to make sure that you receive it on tonight. And so I'm excited. All right. So um, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. I think everybody's microphone is on. Um, um, to my far right, um, uh, we have George and Elaine Cammon, who's back with us. Uh, uh, George said he was uh, he was uh, glad that we invited them back. I said y'all was a hoot last year, so we had to bring y'all back this year. <laughs> and then uh, in the middle, of course, you know her. Her husband is not here. He had to go to a show. But we have Anita Spencer that's with us on tonight. We love her. Ain't nobody can say it like Anita can say it, all right? And uh, we thank God for her being here on tonight. And then last but certainly not least, we have Irvin and Mary Jones with us on tonight. Amen. All right, so I'm going to ask you this. Uh, the Cammons, how long have you been married? Uh, it'll be 35 years of November of this year. 35 years. Wow. That's all right. Anita, how long have you and Carlos been married? You on? It should be light on. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. We've been married 15 years this year. All right. All right. And then, of course, uh, 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 Irvin and Mary, how long have y'all been married? Uh, we've been married 48 years. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I want to uh, start with something a little fun, um, a little different. Um, so I want to ask you some first questions. So your first, your first things that happen in your relationship first, and I want to see how um, well you can answer these questions. Okay, so y'all, you got to think back now. You got to think back on some of this stuff. All right, um, what was the first car your spouse ever owned? <laughs> Whoever, jump on in now. Just told me to an Impala. <laughs> what year was it, George? See? <laughs> Come on now. I never saw it, but he told me that we had to have a, a word on your um, password and mm -hmm. security questions, and I asked him. So that's the only reason I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a burgundy 69. <laughs> he done brought you a mighty long way. <laughs> uh, okay, Anita, what was uh, Carlos' first car? Alexis. That sounds about right, too. Knowing Carlos. All right. <laughs> All right, first car. We had a 1971 Le Mans. Ooh, okay. Come on now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Here's a good one. Y'all ready? What was the first meal you ever cooked for your spouse? Don't let me talk. <laughs> we'll start over here. <laughs> what was the first meal you cooked for your spouse? <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you remember it? Do you remember? Do you remember the hamburger helper? I don't eat it now. <laughs> oh, oh God! 
Anita? I, my first meal I made for him actually was a sandwich. And what he said to me was, you know what? I like you because you cut your sandwich like my grandma. <laughs> I knew I was in. I was in, in. First meal. First That's meal. a great question because I haven't a clue. <laughs> I do not remember what the first meal was. George said it probably was fried fish. But I'm thinking it was not fried fish because I have never liked to clean fish. So I'm almost sure it was not fried fish. I'm sorry, Minister Rawls. I just don't remember. She, she leaves that up to me. Yeah, that's his job. I got you. I got you. Okay. Here, here's, here's, here's the next question. Um, when and where was your first kiss? I, I can answer that. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I want to um, say beforehand, because this is George and I, first I mean, second marriage. Mm -hmm. So he had his own apartment, and I used to go to his apartment. We wow. watched TV or whatever. So it was at his apartment. <laughs> Watch out now. That was pre-Netflix and chill. <laughs> it was at his apartment. <laughs> Anita? I would say the car. In the car. Come on, Doc. That's why you remember that Lexus. <laughs> when and where was your first kiss? They got to get the story straight. <laughs> Where was it? Okay. I was talking to her, and then all of a sudden, a storm came up. She told me, say, that I wasn't real. <laughs> okay, here's the next question. We'll start over here with you all. Uh, which one of you said, I love you first? one of you said I love you first you or Carlos I'm gonna say it was me I, I'm gonna I'm thinking back it, it was probably me I'm sure <laughs> okay <laughs> which one of you said I love you first it was George he told me he loved me before I said it to him so I'm gonna tell y'all about our proposal later <laughs> that has something to do with that too. go ahead Brother Johnson, go ahead on there. <laughs> <laughs> but when he when he proposed to me, I think I told the group this. See, she's nodding her head back there. She remembers. It was at one of those like Roy Rogers drive-in places. Yes, see, they remember. We had been to worship, had an evening worship, and we wanted some chicken, so we drove through there. And that was the third proposal. But at his apartment, he had asked me twice before because he said, what if I asked you to marry me, what would you say? And I said, is that a proposal? He said, 
no, I'm just asking you to see what you would say. I said, well, when you ask me, you'll get your answer. So he asked me another time the same way after that. But that evening when we went through the drive-thru and he said, would you marry me? I said, is this a proposal? <laughs> I wasn't sure after the other two yeah. times that he said yes. So that had something to do with it. Why would you not accept the first two proposals? Because I thought he was just kidding around and that it wasn't really a proposal. It didn't come off like a proposal. It just sounded like he was feeling his way, you know, fishing or whatever mm -hmm. to see what I would say. So I'm going to ask all the, the ladies up here. So for you, for you to spend the rest of your life with someone, you had to be with someone who was very sure of what they actually wanted. Eventually, yes. When he first asked, no, um, we had a little trust issues. He was a football player, so good. you know. <laughs> so I didn't trust. I didn't trust him like that. So, you know, we dated for a long while. And then he proved himself. Mm. Wow. Wow. So he proposed once before, and you turned it down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think for me, one of the things that I noticed with Carlos when we would go out, and people would say, oh, you're not married yet? And he would always say, well, because no one asked me yet. And he would always, that would be his, his thing. And so one day he just came to me, he said, well, you said after three years, if we're not married, that we're not going to be together. So were you not going to ask me? I said, absolutely not. And he said, oh, okay. So a couple of days went back. He said, well, you know what? I'm not going to wait for more. So, you know, and then he went ahead and asked me. And I was like, are you sure? He said, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I said, okay. So, How early did you give him a time limit on this, this courting dating period? You know what? I think it probably when I first met him, I kind of told, I, me, I just felt like if you're with somebody after about three or four years, you know if you want to spend the rest of your life with them. And so I feel, I told him that in the beginning because, you know, he was kind of telling me some of the things from his past. You know, you with people, you go in and out of relationships for 10 and 15 years. I'm like, why would I go out of, in and out of a relationship with somebody for 10 or 15 years? Like, that didn't make sense to me. So I just wanted to make sure I kind of set that boundary. Mm. in the beginning because that was what I required. So. Mm. What was your hesitation, George, to really asking the question? Well, as Elaine has said, this was our, our second marriage. And uh, I just had got out of the first one. And I was still reeling. Mm. You know what I mean? I wanted to be sure, number one, I have always loved her, even before I got married the first time. Mm -hmm. I've always loved her. But then when we separated, as I have told you before, mm -hmm. and she got married and I got married, and this particular time when we started seeing each other again, <clears throat> I said, we started getting closer and closer. Turn around. I was. She was either at my apartment or I was around her house. 
I said, ma'am, this is not me. Mm. You know, so I said, I think I'm ready to settle down for sure. So I said, I'll test the waters first. <laughs> and she just, like she said, she said no two times. But when we was going through Roy Rogers that night, it just hit me. I said, will you marry me? And it wasn't a chicken. <laughs> I, I love said, it. I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes. And the next day, I was on my way down for engagement rings. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I think that sometimes, you know, um, this millennial generation, when they look at relationships, they're very apathetic. They're very um, uh, distant from it because I think that we have lost the ability to really test people in relationships to really find out if they're really serious, if they're really true. Um, most of this generation now, they just go along to get along, right? And they equate sex with love and get the whole thing confused. Anita, I wanna start with you. What was the test or the check marks or the boxes? I hate to use that word box, but what were the things that you saw that let you know, okay, this is right for the rest of my life? it was his compassion. I think having compassion is very important for me as a woman because I don't think people tap into that. A lot of men don't know how to tap into compassion. So when I saw how compassionate my husband was, I was like, wow, this is somebody I could I can see living with, you know. It's not hostile, you know, we're not argumentative. He's very compassionate and I thought that for me that was I just want to say this. Anita's husband, uh, his name is Carlos Spencer. He is a part of the group um, 95 South. Who that is? You remember that? Okay. And so um, he got a call to go um, perform somewhere. And so that's why he's not here. He was scheduled to be here. And so sometimes I think what people have to understand is when you marry someone, especially someone that is trying to provide, that's driven, that has goals, they might not always be up under you. And, and let me say this, I, I, that's so important. Like I, I really, this is what I feel, this is my theory. If you want to have a certain kind of life, if you want someone who makes money, they're not going to be home. I don't care if they work for Apple, I don't care if they work for uh, the train company, if they're a supervisor, if they're in a position to make money, they're not gonna be home. So if you want someone home with you every day, you gotta understand what your lifestyle's gonna be. That's just period. That's real. That's real. Um, uh, Camus, I, I want to ask you this. You all have a blended family. Can you talk through the struggles, the issues, the things that came up as you were blending your two families together? Uh, what things uh, did you not know on the front end that you wish you would have known? How do you? <laughs> how did you? How did you blend the two families together? There's a lot involved with that. Yeah, you are. Yeah, there is a lot involved with that because when George and I were married, I had five children and he had three. Each one of our younger children were close in age, 19. And since then, 
even though we had the eight children, his only son died three years ago. And my middle daughter died almost 10 years ago. But we have 15 grandchildren, and we just have had a new great-grand, so now we have 15 great-grands. And bringing them, more so the children, together, as opposed to the grands, since the grands was like, oh, this is, you know, just a great time, you know, we, got, we have gramps, that's what they call him, and I'm nanny. So the children, by them being older, it really wasn't a great problem. I think the one that had the most difficult problem accepting me as their stepmom was Eddie, his son. Because um, there were times when he would literally argue with George over the phone. They never had a big blow up in person. Like, okay, now you and Elaine are doing great. Why couldn't you do that with my mom? Mm. But God makes the difference. Mm. When George married his first wife, he was young. He was saved, but he was a carnal Christian. There are carnal Christians, and then there are those that are growing in the Lord, maturing. He was carnal. He was hanging out there. He was this, that and the other. So he didn't spend a lot of time at home raising the children like, you know, a family that's really established and really working on uh, building their family relationships. So like I said, God makes the difference, but by the time he was divorced and he and I started seeing one another, dating, going out, and then ultimately getting married, he was growing in the Lord, in the word. Again, I can't say it too much. God makes the difference. So that helped the children to see that, okay, my children, this is a good man for my mom. Yeah. And his children, this is a good woman for my dad, in spite of the fact that he and my mom or he and my, her and my dad couldn't get along. I can see the two of them getting along so we're gonna get along with them yeah. there was never really any big blowouts I can't say that too often the difference is God God just worked it all out yeah. not that we didn't have any disagreements right. but there were was no fighting and fussing and cussing and all of that going yeah. on yeah. so we're a loving blended family and uh, when we are from Baltimore, Maryland, when we go to Baltimore, we see all of our children. Um, we see our grands, we see our great grands, and everybody really gets along. They call each other brothers and sisters. You know, there are no, no, I won't say there are no problems there because everybody has issues. Yeah, yeah. But there are no major problems that can't be handled. And certainly there are none that God can't handle. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say this to Philip. <clears throat> it was the time, I think it was last year. last year, my daughter and her family was going to Orlando for the weekend. So she called and said, Dad, I'll stop by. 
time. It's no big thing. My ex-wife was in the car. Oh, Lord. She didn't want to get out of the car. To come in. My daughter in Virginia called her and told her, say, Mom, you are really acting foolish. Say, because Elaine is not that type of person. You need to get out that car and go in the house. She came in the house and saw just how she was being treated. And now we have no problems at all. Mm. But you know, it was just that I didn't want her to think that just because we was married, mm-hmm. now that she wasn't welcome in my home, because I was, I was through with that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, not that. Yeah. Say it like that. Yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> I got you. But you, you understand you. what I'm saying. I, I was through with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 the love that I had, the love, it was gone. Yeah. It was gone. You know, you can be my friend because you are the mother of my children. You always will be my friend. So don't don't get that twisted. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. But. This is my wife. Yes. You see, and, and no one but God comes before her. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, so I, I want to make I make that clear to everybody. That's good. I'm gonna come back to that as well, but I want to <laughs> deal with that. Anita, your story's similar in a way, but yours is not so smooth. Oh yeah, no, it's not smooth. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not smooth. So One of the things I wanted to say really quick about what um, your husband, you said, is that, um, and I had an issue with uh, some of my stepchildren about, you know, why didn't this work out with you and my mom? And I had to explain to them that in some cases, this beautiful woman here brought the best out in this man. Some women don't know how to bring the best out in a man. So maybe the other lady didn't know how to bring the best out. And sometimes those women don't want to get out of the car because they really don't want to see how good you're doing. That's what they really don't want. So they come out of the car. They didn't. She didn't really want to come out, not because she, because I don't want to see how good he's doing with her. Because when I walk in the door, I'm gonna feel comfort and love. I don't want to feel that because mm. I didn't get that. Mm. Okay. Right. So sometimes we don't move because of jealousy. I'm gonna just be real. Yeah. So. I want to talk about my situation, which is very different. It's very different in a way where when I first met my husband, he had four children. My husband now has seven children. I didn't have any children with my husband. Three people have come forward since I've been married to my husband and said, hey, you see this 14-year-old little girl? She's your kid, I think. So we need to go check. Two years later, you see this 14-year-old little boy? I think he's your kid. We need to go check. A year later, you see this 16-year-old kid right here? I think this is your kid. We need to go check. So the situations are always different. So when you're a blending families like that, it's very hard to blend because you're bringing apples, you're bringing cranberries, you're bringing oranges. You're just bringing all of this stuff trying to blend it. So one of the issues that a lot of those children had was most of them were just angry that their father was just with me. 
And I had to explain to one of my stepchildren that your father has seven children with six different people. He can't be with all of your mothers. Somebody's going to be mad. So for me, I had to learn a lot of things about step parenting really quick. And the one thing is to set up boundaries. I had to set up boundaries because the thing about it is when you got that many people coming from that many different environments, you got to set certain rules. So when you come here, this is the rule here. I, I, real, I, I can't worry about what the rules are here. Okay, you know, we eat fruit here. If you eat with chips over there, you didn't get, they need to send chips with you. Mm. <laughs> okay. And I always have to, yes, because I always have to let people know, and I have to let my kid, my stepkids know, if you don't like it here, don't open my step car door. Don't open my step door when you come in. Don't open my step refrigerator. Don't sleep in my step bed because again, when you come here, there's rules. And if you can't follow the rules, I'm not treating my kids any different. They just know what I expect already. Yeah. What I need you guys to do is play catch up. So it's been a very rough road. It's been very stressful for my husband. It's been a lot. So sometimes when you're blending, one of the things that has kept us together is we're on the same page. Me and this man are on the same page. Yeah. And so that's what's kept us grounded because if not, I probably wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I want to kind of uh, move the conversation and I want to bring in the Joneses here. How do you, going back to something that George kind of brought out, how do you quiet outside voices in your marriage? How do you quiet outside voices in your marriage? In-laws, family members, friends, church folk, how do you quiet outside voices in your marriage? Just what she said. You set boundaries and we were on the same page. You don't bring nothing negative to this house. If the Lord wants me to know something on the negative, he'll reveal it. <laughs> and he will. He will reveal it. But you got to trust him. You know, when people find out that you have itching ears, Right. They will fill you up. Lord, that is good. That is so good. And it's not all the time the right reasons. And like she said, some people are just jealous and envious of your relationship. So what and they they wasn't the one. Mm. And so what they intention can be is to break that up. Mm -hmm. And so we may a declaration that oh, I'm not going to believe anything anybody else said about you negative and you don't believe what anybody says about me and if the Lord wants it he will reveal it because when he reveals it you can take it mm. you don't react mm. God that's good that's very that's powerful good. that's very yeah. powerful mm -hmm. when he shows you He's going to fix you for the problem. Yeah. That's right. He'll prepare you. Prepare I hope y'all catching his wisdom. <laughs> yeah. He'll prepare you ahead of time to yeah. receive it. Like the old people say, you never look for something. The young people now, they got to, they like, 
They got a nosy ear. Nosy nose. It's almost <laughs> like a Pinocchio. They may stay the grown. <laughs> but like she said, um, in our marriage and everything, we sit down and uh, the two of us talk. One thing about it is, if y'all two don't be on the same page, the enemy always could come in. And you got to understand one thing with us. We know. See, that's the key thing. You know that the enemy is going to try. Yeah. So when certain things come up, instead of you attacking it, stop and say to yourself, say, wait a minute. What brought that? Yeah. What brought yeah. that thing for me and her to argue fuss and everything? We do that too, but we stop after we get the ball. Oh, we know who it is now. Mm -hmm. It's the enemy coming in now. He's mm -hmm. trying to find a way to undercut her. It's like you said with your children and everything. The key thing is to fight those kids against you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He used the kids. With us, with us, we got one son. So we had a battle, not with kids, we had a battle with family. Because, mm. see, when you come together as one, you get rid of mom and daddy, sisters, brother, aunties, cousin, and your best friend. Come say that again, and sir. They do not like they it. That when best you friend. have to push them away. Family, the they don't like it. And when you and then on top of two is is that we stand for truth. Yeah. yeah. If it's not true, we ain't uh uh wait a minute. If it's not dealing with what God say, uh uh, wait a minute. I don't wanna know what you're thinking. Mm. See, because your thoughts are bad. Mm. See, and I want to know, is it God? I'm always asking, I say, no. I say, did God say that? Mm -hmm. And in our marriage, we had to deal with our family and all, and we sit down, the two of us, sit down and come to a total agreement that we're not letting family come between us. Mm -hmm. right. She came from a broken home. I came from a home together, but broken. Mm -hmm. Inside. Yeah. Daddy yeah. was going here. Dad, it was a gamble. Mama was sitting over there. She loved that. that moonshine. <laughs> <laughs> See, so it was, they were together, but it was broke. Yeah. So we got together and we had two different things. We had the men. So I had to come in there to heal her with comfort. Mm. She had to come in there and let me know I'm back all the way, regardless of what it may be. Because I saw Dad and Mama fussing. So she came in there and said, we are going to do that. So we worked together as a team called Iron Shopping. Yeah. yeah right. See, right. it's shopping. So the more the two of y'all shopping the two together are saying, you know what? We're in it for the fight. That's right. The fight. Out of 48 years, it was a fight. Mm. 48 years was not perfect. Come on. Oh, no. That's right. Like we was talking today, you talking about a roller coaster ride? But the sad thing about the roller coaster ride, I was the one riding on the roller coaster. She wasn't. Because mm. I didn't want to do I want to do my thing. Yeah. Mm. Up and down the hill and everything, you know. But my head and everything. But to have somebody there when I fell down, was able to put a bandage on my head. Yeah. yeah. And lift me back up and still be with me. That's why I said I would. Because nobody else would do that. Young people don't want to do that. I'll put a bandage on it and kick you out that door. But he said something very powerful. He said something that about healing because 
he recognized that she needed to be healed. And see, that's important. I'm going to tell you something. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to write some down? Y'all ready? I got one for y'all. <laughs> A weak man is incapable. Y'all ready? He is incapable of sweeping you off your feet because he doesn't have the emotional strength to lift you up spiritually. My God. Why did I just say that? Because he just showed you that when you strong, you can lift. Yeah. When you weak, you can't. Yeah. Amen. That's what you look for when you're looking for a relationship. Amen. That was good. Amen. That was good. Um, the Camens, I want to ask you, um, what unrealistic expectations, this might not be, well, let me see if you can answer this. What unrealistic expectations did you have when you came into the marriage? My unrealistic expectation of George was that, no, that was realistic. Well, unrealistic, I, I, I rephrase it. My unrealistic expectation from George is that I could not change him. And I say that because I just can't say it too often. God makes the difference. Now, I understand what Sister Anita was saying. And with 15 years of marriage, I know she's a lot younger than we are. Mm -hmm. And this is our second marriage. So we knew some of the pitfalls that we had been through before. And like we said when we were sitting in the room, if you don't learn your lesson the first time, then you have to take the test again. Yes. And then the second time, we did not want to go through some of those same things that we had been through before. So we were determined that we were gonna make this work. You know, yeah. we're not going somewhere and get a divorce and then wait for God to send us another husband or go out there and pick somebody out yeah. and get married right. the third time. This is going to be it until death do you part. So my unrealistic thoughts was that I couldn't change George. Only God could do that. Yeah. And God did that. And, and as you talked, I realized that God moved us from Baltimore, not just because George's job relocated us here, but to move us away from some pitfalls. Mm. Yeah. Because just like I mentioned about um, my son, Eddie, who died, he was, of the eight children, he took it the most, the hardest, because his mom and George didn't make it in their marriage so that could have been one of the pitfalls that God saw well this could damage their marriage doesn't mean they not, they're not going to find any in Jacksonville but this right. won't be one right. it won't be in the family right. Right. it'll be outside of the family and right. sometimes outside of the family forces may be a little bit easier to handle than if you're warring against your own child or yeah. your own sibling or or whoever yeah. so I, I just that just thought just came to my mind and sometimes God moves you from here to here every time God moves you it's for a reason yeah but Absolutely. there 
as much as I did not want to leave Baltimore and our children and grands, no great-grands at the time, our sibling, all of our family, we did not know anyone in Jacksonville had never been here, didn't know one street, one side of town from the other. And I cried the whole time. God, why do we have to go? George, can't you be moved into a different position? I don't want to go. But God finally let me see the light and say, you need to go. Just be obedient. Yeah. And we fight against being obedient yeah. to God. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe y'all do, but I didn't. I don't, as soon as God says, do this, that, or the other, I don't say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm going to do it. <laughs> right. Hey, I don't, I don't always do that. Right. Sometimes it's easier to say, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And other times it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. God, really? I, you know, I, I, I just don't get how some people who are so spiritual that they say everything God tells them to do, they do it. And they do it with joy. Another lie. <laughs> I want to I want to bring up something. I want to and anybody can grab hold of this. I want to talk. I want to shift the conversation to conflict, conflict in marriage. OK, so I want to I want to kind of go through a couple of things. Number one. When money and finances seem to be a big factor in why marriages don't work today, right? Most people think it's infidelity, but it's actually money issues why people really divorce, right? And people lose jobs, job isn't paying enough money, spouse working multiple jobs, which means less time with each other. What advice can you give when these situations arise and how do you effectively communicate with each other about financial issues? Anybody can pick that up. Well, for one thing, we always sit down and talk about financial problems. And I uh, don't have any problems telling everyone that my wife handled the finances. No problem. Because I know every penny in that checkbook is right. I don't even write checks. <laughs> you know, I don't write checks. You know, I use my debit card, but I don't write checks. If I use my debit card, if I go to the store and buy something and use it, I make sure that she knows so it goes in the checkbook. We don't have a big issue over finances because everything that we do, we sit down and talk about it. We pray about it. If we want it, if we'll get a new car, going to do this. The only thing we don't talk about a lot is when I'm going to Steinmark. <laughs> you know and mean? then he'll sneak back in the door with his little bag rolled up with a tie, a tie or a shirt and put it in the closet somewhere and then I'll see it Sunday. George is at a new time. Because you know George got to be clean on Sunday. He clean. He cleaner than a chip than on Thanksgiving. I have my own private ATM. That's what she said. Can you go on your ATM and give me some money? Why does it not bother you as a man to talk about finances with your wife and allow her to take control of that? Because she's capable of doing it, more so than I am. Mm. I'm a spendthrift. Mm. 
I cannot keep money in my pocket. I'll spend it. That's the truth. If I go in the store and I see a suit, that suit is mine. (laughs) You know, that suit is, or shoes. You, you know, you know, Minister. Oh, listen, every, I love, every, I love shoes clean. and I love ties. Yes, you know, but so you know. He, was was he was he resistant to it at first, Elaine? No, he was not. Okay. When we had counseling by our pastor in Baltimore, that's one of the things he, Reverend Wilson, said. Who's going to handle the money? Mm. And right away, George said, Elaine, no hesitation. <laughs> You're tired of being broke. like for me to say this, <laughs> but I'm going to say it because before I said yes to marrying him, I told him money to him was like cotton candy. You know how when you put it on your tongue and it disappears? Mm. That's the way money was to him. But if he had it in his own pocket, that's fine. Because we have, we decided from the very beginning that whatever income we had, we would put it in the same account. That doesn't work for everybody. Right, right, right. But it works for us. Right. So right. we know that anything that comes out of that account, we go, we're going to have to be responsible for it. Yeah. Because we don't, I don't want to write any checks or call somebody to pay a bill and George is going to buy a suit or shoes or tie yeah, or yeah. whatever. You, so but you said responsible, s- but I'll add something to that. Accountable as well. Accountable. Right. Yeah, and we are accountable to one another yeah. for what comes out of that account. Anita? I think I think in the beginning also of the relationship, I think it's important to find out who you're dealing with credit-wise. Yeah. Like be, be upfront. This is a credit society now. So when you sit down and meet people, you to kind of find out what their credit status is because you can people say money doesn't cost you anything but let me tell you go in the wrong relationship with somebody it could cost you everything yeah so i just feel like with, with me i just tell everybody anybody i speak to just sit down and kind of talk to them with me and my husband we sit down and we talk a lot about what where are we going financially you know where we see ourselves in a couple of years financially and i handle all the finances because like you're like he said my husband it's just easier for one person to kind of handle it and we can still have our own you know whatever it is that we have but i think sitting down figuring out what your bills are every month who's responsible and i think it's very important when you go in a relationship to ask people what do you want to be responsible for what are you responsible for i think in relationships today so many people they just lack asking questions yeah and I think just ask questions, and I and, and this is my thing. It's okay to ask questions in a relationship. You are not going to know the answer to something or about somebody if you don't ask them. So if you and, and when people talk about privacy, oh, this is private. When you all that privacy, that means you got something to hide. Yes. You know what I mean. So if you got somebody who don't want to show you their check. They got you or your their credit report. Like if we're getting ready to be in this together, we're gonna spend our life together. I'm gonna eventually know that your credit score is a four. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yes. know that. Yes. So not a four hundred. No, a, a four. four. <laughs> yeah. So 
I just think that if, you know, like Viola Davis said, when she first met her husband, she told him, my credit sucks. I can't buy anything. I can't buy chewing gum. I can't buy anything. But I'm willing to work on it if you, you know, just kind of work with me. I think be honest with somebody. Yes, you can. I can accept that you don't have everything together yeah. when I meet you, at least if you're honest. You know what? I don't know anything about credit reports. Can you show me? Now I can work with you. But if you come in front and like you got it all together and then I realize that you don't, that's where the issue comes, I think. And anybody that knows, if you've been through marriage counseling with me, you know, one of the sessions is you're going to sit down and, and y'all both have to print out your credit reports and y'all got to strategize. And some of the people that I've married will tell you they sat there for hours. You could not leave. I will not allow you to leave. It's Acacia and, and Donnay back there shaking their head. You cannot leave until you come up with a strategy of how you're going to come out of debt and how you're going to pay your bills. Because if you don't have a strategy, you don't need to go down the aisle. You don't need to go down the aisle. Yes. You was broke by yourself. We're going to be broke together. The devil is a liar. <laughs> D. Oh, no. Well, I was going to say what you said, and that's one of the key things is, is that being honest with one another. And thing. You can't get into a, no kind of relationship with finance or whatever if you don't be honest yeah. with each other. See, and when I say honest, I'm not saying, oh, what if? No, you tell them the truth. I don't like you. <laughs> be straight up with yeah. them. Yeah. And that's what's, that's, that's what's killing a lot of marriage. Yeah. Is that you, I'm not, you're not honest with them. You you wanna you wanna hustle me? That's what it is. Ooh. Hustle me. It's My tough. God! When you mess around there, check it out. You just got paid. You know you couldn't count to fifty, <laughs> cause you know you're gonna be done spent. I mean, you yeah. just it. Me, yeah. I'm like George. George, look at look at him. I, if I see it. And it's saying, and it be in the front of me, long enough. You got something to do, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So what I do is, we so honest with one another about finance, cause finance, sex, all that kill each other. Yeah. In a marriage, but the money kill you more than anything because us men, we got so much dog on pride. Come on. So much pride that we. No, I'm I'm the man. I pull the Bible say you supposed to be up under me. You no man, you better you better you finna fall into a ditch. <laughs> that what you get ready to do. Yeah. Evidently he evidently God felt sorry for you to give you a wife. My he knows God. you were crazy. Yeah. See, and when he give you somebody that's willing to help you, to help you. Yeah. Through your stupidness. I was stupid. I was saying, nah, I ain't talking about y'all. I was stupid. Yeah. And he had sent my wife to come into the midst of me and help correct this crazy mind. Yeah. Money wasn't a problem. I made money out there in the street because I was a hustler. Yeah. yeah. See? So I made the money. It wasn't a problem with the money. But the thing about it, I couldn't hold on to the money. Everybody don't yeah. know what to do with the Come money. On, yeah. They was, get the money. They don't know yeah. what to do with so, the money. And so you yeah. got somebody that can come and sit down and y'all can reason together. Yeah. And that's how the Lord blessed us. And and, and I'm 100. God does. It. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? God loves fools too. 
because we got straight we weren't even saved we weren't even saved but we acknowledge God because that's what we was taught and that's the problem with the young people now is the teaching how to trust the Lord even if you don't come to God at least you hear yeah and we was able to hear it. I heard it when I was young. My wife that I have now is not because she was by my side. No. I got my wife because I was in, I stayed in New York City. And I went in the basement. Wasn't saving nothing. And I asked God. God, you know what type of woman I need. You know who I need. Stand by my side. I need somebody to stick with me and I come to you because we was taught in all that ways acknowledge him yeah. not in some yeah. things yeah. all things that's good and I acknowledge him and left it alone came back down here I come from New York City with a Panama you know the Panama a Panama hat a solid white suit stepping out boy <laughs> stepping out in a white suit black tie black shoes on I was stepping out Panama on the side and everything and and after two or three, and then turn around, she came. God know how to do things. So I'm telling you that y'all can make it if. And see, y'all don't have no excuse. How many of y'all in here married? Huh? Now, if you let the devil come in and break up your marriage, it's your fault. Because mm. you're getting too much teaching. Mm. Too much teaching. Teaching. When I was coming up and everything, we had to catch it on the corner. The old man on the corner was talking with us and sharing us about it. And it was two of them that talked about the Lord. He was drunk. <laughs> Yo, I know it. He know what I'm talking about. He was drunk. He was drunk and he was leaning to the side, but he was showing up telling you, boy, look at him. You better get the Lord in your life. <laughs> but he was drunk. But he was telling you about what you need because he know that that's who you need, even though he than that. But he know you need it. So I'm saying with the finance and everything, total communication. Yeah. You got to talk. And you got to do that main word you said you got to trust. Yeah. See, if you're not gonna trust them, then it ain't gonna work. Yeah. Money wise, I don't worry about it. She got it. I don't worry about it. Mm -mm. Don't bother me. Everything all. She got it. Because I know tonight where my husband is going performing, there's someone there saying, oh, my God, where's your wife? Yeah. Because I am the person saying, I want all of his money in 20s before he even go on the stage. And they are probably like, oh, my God, she's not here. We get to, like, kind of chill a little bit. Because, again, I already see how it works. So, so, again, this is my position for my husband. I'm behind him. Right. I stand behind him. Yeah. The reason I stand behind him, because, again, I can see on the side of him. I can see what's coming in front of him. I can see different positions. So for me, that's what some women you have to do. It's not always necessarily being someone's equal because my husband is not my equal. He's a man, so he can't be. But what I do know is they didn't that like that. No, go back to that. They did not like that. They did not. I felt that in the room. I felt it. It went all the way left. Go back to that one more time. Uh, I feel this is me. I feel that. We are not equals. Um, and I know a lot of people say that. They have this whole equality thing. I don't buy into it. I'm not buying into it. 
I just feel that he's my husband. He's a man. So there's no way that I can ever be his equal. And I think women who are trying to do that, you're going to always have problems. You're going to go against the grain, and you're going to always have things. I, I, I don't want to say bubbling over into your life, but you're going to run into some situations trying to be equal with a man that you're not going to run into anywhere else. And it doesn't mean you are less than. That's right. Absolutely. It doesn't mean, but it means the word that you use, I know my position. Of course, of course. And not only do I know my position, but you can feel my position because it's almost like my husband is right here. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That's why. May I say this? Yes. She passed the roles yes. when Sister Anita said uh, she's not equal to her husband. And it's like people will say marriage is 50-50. A lie. Marriage is not 50-50. Sometimes it's 90-10. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes yes. it's 70-30. It just depends on what's going on in your life at that time. Yes. And who is the more responsible person in that situation. So don't ever think that marriage is 50-50 and it's all um, strawberries and shortcake or chocolate-covered strawberries oh, and yeah. roses and all of that. Sometimes you may not even have money to buy any roses. You might need to go buy a loaf of bread or something first, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, again, going back to the finances, if you're not good stewards over your finances, you're going to come up really short. So yeah. that is very, very important. Whether all your money goes in the same check, whether the wife takes care of the finances or the husband, be a good steward over what God gives you yeah. and be honest yeah. about your finances. Yes. You either have it or you, or don't, you don't have it. You know, yeah. I'm not going to walk up to Pastor Rawls and, and come dressed to the nines in here looking like I have a million dollars when I don't have a dollar in my savings. Right. So don't try to impress people. Yeah. Yes. Know. And I would like to say too, uh, and uh, it doesn't make us men less than a man. Yeah. Matter of fact, it make you more of a man. Yes. Yes. Because when your buddy over there come over there and borrow $5 for you, and he ain't got it, you got it. <laughs> See? So even though I may not be controlling this and everything that does not make me no less of a man yes it does not because one thing about it is it takes two of us to keep this boat going yes so, yes. When, you, so when you Still see me change. you see her Still and I like what change. you just said no too, even though he's not here and things he made y'all one mm. not two but one so when you see us, I mean, it looked like two in the front, but we won. Mm. Because God got us together at the point, and we are together. Well, I say, baby, I need $5. And I want to, uh, she said, no, okay, all right. Ain't no argument with me. Ain't no argument with me. I ain't arguing. Because, see, my mind be saying to me is, why you can't stop buying all them coke coke <laughs> you know, why you can't stop buying all uh, go to uh, Chick Fil A and all of this <laughs> stuff? And instead of going out there, won't you go on a fast for a week? <laughs> they go five dollars right there. You know, you know, you got. I mean, you got to do something. Rose Jones, Rose Jones. 
Don't stop her from going off to Chick-fil-A, man. I just had it. I'm going back there. That's where it's at, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and you know what I want to add to to all anybody who's in any relationship? Know what's going on financially. Because I know so many people who their spouses have passed away and they have no idea what's going on. They're losing houses. They yeah. haven't paid on their insurance because their partner paid everything. And again, my husband and I, I, you know, pay the bills just like these ladies do as well. But every now and then I get with my husband and say, hey, let's have a sit down. Let's go over what's going on. Like this is updated. They did this. They made changes. Just because I think your partner needs to be informed because if anything happens, this is where all the insurance stuff is. This is where this is. They need to know that. And I just think that as people always remember to try to include your spouse just so that they'll know just because you may every day when you leave home don't mean you're coming back yeah yeah so that's yeah. important yeah. that's important go ahead miss mary and i'm gonna ask now, my next i just question. want to say you know people want to marry but marriage has purpose mm. you're not together because you just love each other god has a plan for your marriage yeah and you need to acknowledge him what is our purpose in the earth as it relates to modeling you? Mm. On purpose. Yeah. You know, so I can't compare with them. Right. I can't compare with them. I try to be them. Or I get what they have. Yeah. Because our marriage have a different purpose. Yes. 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 You know, just like she said, her husband is out on the road. Well, ministry calls sometimes for him to be out on the road. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So you got to know what your marriage called to. Mm. And then assume the position. Come on. That's good. That's good. I want to um, kind of shift gears because I think um, a lot of times people look at marriage as if you're going to be in a room together having sex all day and, you know... <laughs> And that, you know, um, that you're just going to be in the bedroom 24-7, right? Um, I remember my parents have been married 30-some-odd years now. And I remember, and I tell this testimony all the time, and my parents can even testify this. I remember the years where they did not get along. But they had made up their mind, we in this till death do us part, so I'm just going to have to tolerate you and you have to tolerate me. They have grown mature-wise and emotional-wise to learn how not to do that anymore. But my question to anyone that wants to take this is, when passion dies out, when the honeymoon is over, how do you get it back? I'd like to address that. Um, I'd be the first one to address it anyway. Because when we think about sex, like you say, you think about, okay, we're going to be in the bedroom all day long. But sex is not only having intercourse. Right. You know, it's... Um, you can sit at t watch TV. You, you might like the same shows or go to a movie. You can hold hands. You can yeah. share the popcorn. Or um, you can look at one another and just bust out laughing. Yeah. You know, you might have seen something or a thought might have come to you. And you'll look at each other and say, what are you laughing at? And then you'll share that and, and the two of you will enjoy it or you will uh, laugh at yourself of course but you'll laugh at one another so sex is very important and it 
originally, well, when God created sex, the main thing was reproduction, but it's not only for reproduction, uh, it's also about companionship. Yeah. And uh, over the years, there have been times when it wasn't possible for George and I to have sex yeah. because he was going through cancer, chemo, and radiation. And this past year, since we left here, George has been through his third bout of cancer, mm. a different type of cancer, a cancer not related to the other two. Yeah. He had liver cancer. So if our marriage was based on having sex, even though we're 79, it does not mean that the intercourse has stopped. It just means that other things replace the sex act itself. Yeah. And so if he's going through liver cancer and I look at him like, oh, Lord, now we can't have sex. What kind of marriage is that? What right. kind of wife am I? Right. What kind of helpmate am I? Right. You know, that's not why God put us together. So when you're young, if you have a day when you can stay in bed all day, then that's your thing. But that's just one day. Yeah. What about all the other days yeah. when you're together? Yeah. So you, you have to to have things prioritized. Yeah. Is that what's holding your marriage together? That's good. You know, or not? That's good. That's good. And I also think that uh, Elaine and our relationship, because I have to make sure I call her name, because I call her baby all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but our relationship is just so that our love linger. Mm. You know, she can be in the back room and I can be in the family room. And she's back there too long. I have to go back there sometimes and say, You all right back here, baby? Mm. You know, I, I just want to touch her. You see what I'm saying? And, and it's like you say, it's not always about having sex, but sometimes it just feels just as good as sex. When I hold her in my arm. Yeah. Yeah. You see? Or when we land there just watching TV. It's just that the love, I can just reach over and touch her. See, but that love is still there. And 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 it's just sometimes it's hard to explain. Just just what you're going through when you love a person so much. Mm. Mm. See, it's hard to explain. You know, when I was, like she said, when I was going through my liver cancer, she was there. You know, I was telling Brother Jones, she would, I know when time for me to take my medicine, I'm a grown man. <laughs> it's, 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 it's time for you to take your medicine. <laughs> I, said, I know it's time. My alarm went off. I'm just reminding you. But that's love. It didn't mean nothing. Right. You see? But just her concern about me. Yeah. Or if I turn into bed, are you okay? But then that works both ways. Right. It's the same with her when she's not feeling well. You know, if she move, I move. Yeah. You know, just like the song say, when I say move, you know, you move, I move. Right. If something, if she's not feeling well, that's what I do. Yeah. You see. That's so good. Get a love that lingers. Yes. God, that, that, listen, when you said I got a little teary-eyed, I was like, Jesus. That's what I want. Somebody be in the other room and, oh, Jesus. I like that. Go ahead, Anita. I, and I, 
about, you know, what do you do? I think just originally making sure that you genuinely like the person. Yeah. Like when you're in it, do I really like this person? Because that will kind of bring you back center. Like, you know what? I do love this person. We do have a good time. We, you know, like they, like she just said, it's intimacy is on so many different levels. Yeah. You know, so watching TV, laying on the floor, having a picnic in the house, just not coming out of the house all day. You know, we yeah. never have days like that. So I think that it's, I think you love can be felt in the distance. You know, my husband is away. I feel him. Yeah. Still, you know, yeah. so I think those things help keep it passionate and keep it going when you can look back and say, I really like this person. Like, genuinely, I, I'm in love with him, but I like him. Yeah. And I, I think that's important. That's good. That's good. I think when we know the love of God, and his love is unconditional. And life hands us some hard choices that we have to make. Then we have to hold on to the love of God. So there are certain times in marriage there comes a knowing. You just know this person loves you. Mm. You know, it may not be the money all the time or it may not be the trips all the time. And, you know, it's just a knowing and she said it earlier, the compassion that they have for you. I think what's happening now, um, this generation is changing the vowels so you don't get to hear for better or worse, mm. rich or poor, sickness and in health, to death do us part. What you hear now is, I ain't signed up for this. Mm. My this God. is what you hear now. But life happens. Yeah. And none of us are perfect. And you got to be willing to forgive. Mm. If you don't forgive, then you might as well call it quits. Mm. First of all, God can't forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to be willing to forgive. Love enough to forgive. Mm. You know, and sometimes we have that pride. Oh, you did that to me? I ain't got to take this. But then you don't know who's, what the next person is going to have. Mm. Oh, I got a question for that. That's, I'm coming to yeah. that next. Yes. Thank you. Yes. yes. Did you want to add anything to that? Well, you know, one thing about it is, is that um, creativity is beautiful. Mm. And most men don't like I don't have all the muscles I used to have. She had a body she used to have. So, so I have to come with some creativity. Y'all might have seen me earlier doing this in the back. Right? Yeah. I stir up the gift. Come on. Stir it up. Stir the gift up. See? And the gift does not always have to be intercourse. Yeah. Yeah. I stir the gift and I, I do her toes. I trim them down. I file them down. And everything. I polish them. You know? Because all the nerves are in the foot. 
See, so I travel. Y'all ain't catching what he's saying. I need y'all to catch what he's saying. See, so you have to keep, as us men, we have to constantly remember now, you got to understand one thing about it. You mess around there, and you can mess around and get paralyzed. Yeah. And you're on your back. So the same thing happened to her. So we have to have compassion for each other. Yeah. So when she's tired, that's the time for me to be macho man. Yeah. Right. That's time for me to be creative. Right. And travel. God, that's good. <laughs> when you're young and everything, you know, when I was, I was young like y'all, you know, the sun rise, I rise. Sunset, you know, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. But what you gonna do when the sun just rise? <laughs> or when the sun set, it don't rise. Ain't good down there. Ain't gonna go down. I cannot. This is why we keep inviting y'all back. <laughs> That's good. Don't be seeing and say, well, Lord help. No, you do. You do. Yeah. That's right. You have That's choice. good. You got to know for a fact that you love her regardless of what. Amen. Yeah. Verse. yeah. I love her. She loves me. I trust her. She trusts me. And we do things in our marriage to motivate her. Yeah. It's a strong demon floating through the yeah. That is so strong on the TV, they, they catch it. Sex, 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 sex. Yeah. Everything is sex, sex, sex. Yeah. To a point that they killing you with sex, 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 sex. Yeah. And that you got to understand that, hey, that plays a part. Everything plays a part. Yeah. And you got to know when to apply, when not to apply. Yeah. You got to know when to say, I'm going to sleep. Yeah. You got to know when to say, okay. But one thing about it is, you got to win the hole and win the hole. <laughs> Hold my view. <laughs> Are y'all getting something from this tonight? Are y'all getting something? So here's what I want to do. I want to do this. Um, all the married couples in here, I need you to hear me. I need you to hear me. So I am giving you a challenge um, for the next 15 days. For the next 15 days, I need you to be intimate on some level. For the next 15 days. Every single day for the next 15 days, you need to make each other a priority. What I'm noticing is that the younger couples are so busy that they don't take the time for each other. And so what I want to do is challenge you for the next 15 days to be intimate on some level. Whatever you define intimacy as. I was going to say next 15 days I need to have sex every day, but I'm not going to say that. Amen. Now if you do it, you just do it. Amen. But you need to be intimate in some way because I believe the more intimacy you, you, you develop when storms come, you will, you will be able to stand in the midst of the storms 
because now you know each other on a deeper level and you'll be connected on a deeper level. So I know y'all got kids, I know you got jobs, but I need you for the next 15 days to be intimate on some level every single day. Put it on your calendar, put it on your schedule, do whatever you got to do. Next 15 days, if the baby is up at three o'clock in the morning, once that baby go to sleep, all right, it's 3.30. Okay? Because we got to, you have to make each other a priority. You have to make each other a priority. I want to get this. Are, are y'all all right? Y'all all right? Y'all getting something from this? Okay. Um, I want to I talk about this as well because this is a problem in a lot of marriages is always looking at the grass being green on the other side. Um, uh, we know and we say comparison kills. It kills any relationship um, that you can have. Um, how do you overcome the grass being greener syndrome in, I don't want to say in your marriage because I think it's more of an individual thing. How do you um, resist the urge to look at that and say, I want that? Because now we live in a generation where you look on Instagram and you see somebody else's relationship. Oh, uh, he took a horseback riding. You don't even like horses. <laughs> but in your mind, now you are wanting, coveting something that you don't even like. So how do you resist the urge or how do you overcome the grass being greener on the other side? Anybody could take that. I, you know what? I, I'll start. Um, first of all, if you water your grass, it'll stay green. My God. Um, and I, and I want to say I, I think that it's about maturity. It's about you being a mature enough person to say, you know what, I know exactly who I am and I know what I want. It goes back to standards mm. because I feel like people talk about standards. When you meet somebody, they say, well, your standards are too high. Anytime I meet, I've met someone and that's, they say you're standing so high, that means you've been dealing with a woman that didn't have any. That's true. So that's why you think my standards are high. So I fast forward that and I say that we have to understand who we are. Because in the morning when you wake up, when you leave, whatever you're doing, you got to look at yourself in the mirror. And you may be able to go your whole marriage and not tell your partner that you did something, but you got to live with yourself. So forget about telling your partner, well, how, how are you going to live with yourself? And if you are the person that you really say you are, you're not going to be able to do it. So you got to be mature enough to say, you know what? I can't eat everything off the menu. I can read the menu. I don't even got to order anything but I can't eat everything on this menu. Years ago when I worked in the entertainment industry, my boss said, Anita, I want you to understand something. I worked at Motown Records. You're gonna meet a lot of entertainers. You can't sleep with all of them. They're, they might try to sleep with you, but you can't sleep with all of them. So understand you gotta be disciplined. Mm. Discipline wow. is very important. Wow. So you gotta be able to say, you know what? I just met Stevie Wonder and he did hit on me but I, I can't sleep with him because the next person's gonna come and the next day is gonna come. It's always gonna be somebody out there. So you gotta discipline your enough, uh, yourself enough to say, you know what, I know what's for me. I know who I want. Yeah. Because as soon as you start on, the, on, a, on a mission of cheating and trying to go to the other grass, your partner's gonna probably start doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, that's, the people feed off each other's energy. 
So understand that when you kick off something, you might be kicking off something you may not be able to reel back in. Yes. Yes. So that's good. Miss Mary. I would say Christ's commitment and contentment. Because you're gonna always there's like she just said, it's gonna always be that we feel is better. It's gonna always be somebody look better than you, you, you know, or look better than him. It's gonna always be somebody making more money than what your partner may be making. And that's why it goes back to purpose. Because you can always be reaching and reaching, then lose each other in the reach. Mm. You know, so you got to know what God has called your marriage to and be committed and content in who and what he has called you all to do. Mm. Well, uh, one thing about it is, like she said, that's one of the main things. All for men, it's going to always be some nice shoulders. Because they like shoulders. Mm. Showables. My thing is, is this here. If you come after me and thing, especially if you know I'm married, you come after me, you know I'm my, my mind tells me that you don't mess with somebody else. Mm -hmm. All the rest, I said, if you, done, if you did it to me, I think I'm coming with you. Because I know if you done, you done did it with somebody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you trying to, you trying to. If I came through the window, you open the window up, and I come on in through the window, my mind tells me, say, don't you open the window up mighty easy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> mighty easy to yeah. open that window up. So now I'm trying to think within myself, man, did Joe come through this window too? Because a lot of traffic doesn't come through. You open up too freely. Mm. Too freely. I want somebody that's hard to get. Come on. What I want somebody easy. Why you want a dude that pants down, pants his butt? He got dreads in there. Don't brush his teeth because I got too much gold in his mouth. He walk. Then here come a slip grip. So my thing is with me when it comes down a lot of stuff of resistance because it's always coming and it doesn't make no difference what age you are. That's yeah, right. yeah. So the young girls are running after older men for security. Yeah. yeah. Young men run after older women for security. Everybody wants security. The old lady dying, <laughs> the old, old, old man dying. And then the, the young ones be around the corner, spend our money. Yeah. That's what they do. So you want to run out. So I have to tell myself. The first thing is tell myself. Yes. Yes. I can't worry about nobody but me. I got to tell myself no and be committed to what she said, which is about. We talk out about serious. I wasn't. Don't get me wrong. Come on. So don't, don't, don't think that y'all looking at a, something that's perfect all the time. It's been a process. All this gray hair don't have nothing. <laughs> I went through a whole lot in order for God to come in the midst of us and make me committed. Because mm. I know the time when I wasn't committed. When 
I was different than that. And the sad part about it, I run into the chapter. Mm. See, I don't like that kind of truth. See, I was in the chapter. See? So I'm just saying that. 